0: Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, you could turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. And we will begin in the 22nd verse. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and biting word of God, for all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass." The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Let's pray. Dear Father God, we thank you for what you have done in our lives, Lord. We thank you that... that that you invaded earth, that Christ invaded earth with reckless love and went to the cross for us to pay the price, the penalty for our sin. We thank you that that he caused us to become a new person with, with a new kind of people, with a new DNA. And we thank you, Father God, for the Holy Spirit today. We thank you that he is our teacher, that he is our guide, and that he will lead us into all truth. Father God, I thank you that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that you would flood our hearts with light, the light of your word, and that we would not be hearers of the only, but that we would be doers of it and put it into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to be starting a new series called DNA, and uh, my portion is going to be on development. And so just to give you a little bit of a backdrop, um, DNA is the genetic code that determines the fundamental and distinctive characteristics or qualities of someone or something. It contains the instructions needed for an organism to develop, survive, and produce. In recent years, DNA tests have been an important part of our culture. DNA, simply defined, is material that governs each person's inheritance of eye color, their hair, their bone structure, their bone density, and many other um, traits that we have. The cells of a human body contain a complete sample of a person's DNA. Now, I'll get this. A single strand of DNA is packed into a space roughly equal to a cube one millionth of an inch. On one side, so basically, every part of a human body is made up of these cells which contain a sample or comp or complement of DNA identical to that of every other cell within a given person so DNA uh, we hear these terms all the time. DNA um, has um, set people free from prison, those who were wrongly convicted of of a crime, um, have been exonerated. There have been hundreds of prisoners that have been exonerated in the United States because of a DNA test. There has been at least 14 who were on death row, sentenced to death, but they were set free because of a DNA test. Our society... um, you know, we're, we're often um, captivated by our ancestry. Um, you see that in the success of Ancestry.com or, or, or other websites that, that people go to that want to check out where they came from. They want to know their DNA, and so we have paternity DNA test to find out maybe you don't know who your mom or your dad was, and, and you want to know where you came from. You want to know the, the traits that why you are the way you are, and so you want to find out who your mom or dad is, so you have a DNA test, and that DNA test is one of is the most accurate test that you can do to find out who your parents are, Okay. So DNA is, is an important part of our, 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 our culture. So in this um, chapter, in chapter 1, we read here, That in verse 22, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. And so in this verse, what Peter is doing, he is contrasting what Christ did in our hearts when we received him as our Lord and Savior. And he's comparing it to the human uh, seed of procreation okay? And he's showing that the human seed of procreation, it produces death because he gives the example uh, later on here. He says, all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. See, we as human beings, we were born in this world with sin. Sin was passed down through Adam's prodigy, all the human race came from Adam, and Adam's sin was passed down to each and every single one of us. Um, In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, Paul says, "...and you were dead in trespasses and sins, in in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience." among whom we all lived in the passions of the flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. Or you could say the DNA makeup, that's what our DNA was. We were children of wrath. We were dead in our sins. Dead, um, sin affected uh, the human being's entire makeup, his spirit, his soul, his mind, and his body. We were dead in our sins. Jesus, talking to the religious leaders of his day, said, you are of your father, the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. He's a liar. When he speaks, he doesn't speak the truth. And he said, you are of your father, the devil. In other words, human beings, we as humans, before Christ, our DNA, our spiritual DNA as if you will, came from sin. It came from the devil. And the characteristics of the devil came with it. Now, Jesus said that, that you're of your father the devil, and he called the devil a murderer. But Jesus likened hatred or unforgiveness or anger to murder. So those are part of the traits, the DNA of every single human being that, are, that is born in this earth. But aren't you thankful for what Jesus did? Aren't you thankful that we were born again? That verse in 1 Peter, it says that we were born again not of corruptible seed, not of a seed that perishes, but we were born again by divine seed, by the word of God. So when you heard the message of the gospel, that what God did through Christ for you, that he paid the price for your sin on the cross... When you believe that, that word of God comes into your hearts and it changes you. It recreates your spirit and removes that DNA that came from the devil, came from sin, and put God's own makeup, his own DNA on the inside of each and every person that receives him as Lord you have his life, his nature, his qualities on the inside of you. His love, his peace, his joy, his temperance, his goodness, his gentleness. Right now, if you are born again, if you receive Jesus as your Savior, they are on the inside of you. Now, psychologists will say that... um, that our personality is developed by three different things. Um, they, one is it's determined by genetic determinism, who our parents were, uh, who our mom and dad was, different traits that, that come from our parents. And so you see um, maybe people have a tendency with anger or temper, but their parents were that, 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 that way. Okay, so uh, our personalities can be developed through genetic determinism. Second, it can be determined by our environment, by the way we were raised, by by things that that happened in our home life. Or it can be, the third way, can be determined by uh, a traumatic event that happened in our life. Something tragic that, that changed our personality. Okay sometimes men who go off to war they come back and they do, and they have a, a issue with post traumatic stress disorder it changes their personality because of the trauma they went through but when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there is an in Christ determinism. There is a new DNA that's put inside of you. And you received a new father. It doesn't matter how your father treated you. It doesn't matter the, the gene pool you came out of, what, um, uh, the, the, the things in your family history you become in Christ and everything that's in Christ has been deposited on the inside of you it's an in Christ determinism jesus or paul said in second corinthians 5:17 if any man or any person be in Christ he is a new creation the old has gone the new has come it's a new creation. You are a new creation, new in kind and new in quality, a new species like you've never existed before, a new person. So let's go back here in the let's, let's look at uh, what, what Peter says here. We've been born again, not of perishable seed, but in, imp, of imperishable through the living word of God. And as I said, there is a new DNA. There's new character traits, new qualities. The love of God comes on the inside of you. Because look what he says again in verse 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed. Because you have been born again, God's love is on the inside of you. You have the capacity and the ability to love the way God loves. Just like God, Jesus came with reckless love, and gave his life for people, you can have a reckless love that where you love people, that you will do anything possible to see that they are blessed, that they are loved, that you're generous in your giving towards towards them, You're, you're reckless in your love towards them. So we are a new creature. We have a new DNA. And the things that we used to like the things that we used to want to do, we no longer want to do them. So when I worked at, at Lowe's um, or different other places of, of business, people always wanted, they always came up to me and, and say, Well, why don't you drink? Why don't you go out with me to, to the strip clubs? Why don't you ever ever cuss? You know, and they would give me a hard time about that. And they would say, Is that against your religion or something? You know, and at first thought, you know, your first reaction is to say, yeah, but well, that's a cop-out to say that that's against my religion. No, I don't do those things because I don't want to do them because that's not me. That's not my makeup. That's not who I am. It's not a part of my DNA. So, I like one person said, I drink all I want to drink. Thing is, I don't want to drink. I cuss all I want to cuss. Thing is, I don't want to cuss. This new DNA changed my desires. And if you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, he can change your want-tos. He can change your desires. So when Christ came, he paid for our redemption. He went to the cross and shed his blood for us. We received a new DNA. There's been a DNA test when the devil comes and reminds you of all the bad that you have done in the past and goes before God and, and, and accuses you. God says there's a DNA test and that test comes back negative. You know that person's dead. That person doesn't have that DNA in him. He is gone. That person is not guilty. And the prison doors open, and you are exonerated from death row. You are no longer sentenced to a life of eternity in hell. You have, the prison door has been open. You can go free. There's been a new DNA test. There's been a new DNA test. The devil's no longer your father, his traits are no longer your father. The new DNA test shows that God is your father. That his that the bloodline, the bloodline goes back to the family tree of the cross. It doesn't matter your past, doesn't matter how you were raised, your family tree in the natural may have only produced a bunch of fruits and nuts and you may have been the biggest one. But in Christ You have come to a new family tree, and that tree is the cross. And there has been a new genetic determinism. So we have these qualities. We have his life. We have his nature. We have his DNA. So when we talk about this, we're talking about our inward person, the the inward person of our heart. So you have to remember, the Bible talks about that that there is a threefold nature to man. We are a spirit being, we have a soul or a mind, and we live in this body. So when we talk about this new DNA, we're talking about it not necessarily in our body or our mind, but our hearts. Jesus recreates our hearts. But now, now that we've come into this new life, we have to do something with this mind. We have to do something with this body. We have to change the way we think. And so in the second chapter now, he says in verse 1, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for spiritual milk, by it that you may grow up into salvation. So now that we are newborn, now that we are born again, we have to grow up. We have to develop spiritually in the things of God. We have to change the way we think according to what God's word says. And he says to, so put away, or in other words, now that you have been born again, now that God's DNA is, or an old piece of clothes, malice. And malice means all kinds of wickedness, anger, hatred, unforgiveness, So now that we are born again, we have the capacity to love the way God loves. We have the ability to cast off malice, anger, hatred, all forms of wickedness, or deceit, or hypocrisy, or slander. Now, you guys know what slander means. It means all forms of evil speaking, Okay, all forms of evil speaking, how you talk about each other, how you uh, speak unkind words, we're supposed to cast that off. And I'll be honest with you guys, for me, that, is, that has been more challenging for me than any other thing. It's controlling my tongue, my, my mouth. And so what I've had to do, like uh, Peter says here, is to long for the spiritual milk or the word of God. When he talks about the spiritual milk, he's referring to the word of God, the pure word of God, longing for it and letting the word change the way you speak. So there's a story um, about a man. uh, Kenneth Hagin tells this story, and if you guys don't know who Kenneth Hagin was, he was a minister. um, He ministered from the 1930s, all all the way up until about 2003. So many years of ministry. He tells about an individual in his town in McKinney, Texas. And this individual, he worked for him. And he never said anything about anybody, never used unkind words, always spoke politely about people. And so there was an individual in that town that um, this was in the 1930s. This individual uh, was from that town. And he, um, that, this person that Brother Hagen knew, um, the person that Brother Hagin knew was called, uh, his name was Mr. Smith. But there was another individual in that town who fought in World War I and was gassed. And he probably was uh, affected by post-traumatic stress disorder. And so he would just go off. He would get drunk and... Uh, he would take a knife and just start going after people, would cut people up. Uh, people wouldn't press charges against him uh, because they felt sorry for, it for him. And uh, the police were always having to come and, and calm him down. And uh, if the police couldn't calm him down, then the chief of police would, would come. And the chief of police was, was able to, to, to calm him. Uh, but on one occasion, it got so bad, the man didn't, didn't want to live anymore. And he told the the chief of police, um, I'm either going to cut your throat or you're going to have to kill me. And so as he did that, he leaped and he he attacked the the police chief. The police chief had to to defend himself and he had to shot him. And um, the next day, the man died. Well, in that community, everybody was talking about this particular person. They were bad-mouthing him, talking evil about him. and and, and just um, degrading him. And Mr. Smith, in the midst of that conversation, just said, well, he sure had pretty eyes. He found something positive to say about that person. It didn't matter how bad he was or how he conducted himself. He determined, I'm going to speak positive about that individual. So that's what we need to do. When someone wrongs us, we have to find something positive to say about that individual. And we have the capacity to do that because of the love of God that is on the inside of us. Now, growing up, my mom was like that. Growing up, my mom, it would be very, very rare if you ever heard her say anything bad about somebody. I mean, growing up, you always heard, if you can't say anything nice... Don't say anything at all. So you know what? And with my mom, she's had very little sickness in her life. And I believe it's because she's chosen to keep her tongue and to speak kind words. Peter said that if you would love life and see good days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from speaking deceit or guile. If we want to love life and see good days... We have to keep our tongue in check. So how do we cast off these things? How do we live out of this new nature? How do we live out of this new DNA? I believe it's found in verse 2. Like newborn infants long for the spiritual milk, that by it you may grow into salvation so he says to long for spiritual milk one thing to keep in mind here is that paul is not or peter is not contrasting the milk of the word to spiritual meat like we see in other places of scripture he has one point here one point and his point is this if you're born again if you're born anew like a newborn baby longs for for milk we are to long for the word of God now um, as some of you guys know uh, me and my wife had a, a baby girl this past fall and she's doing good she's, she's, she's out of she was home and was in the NICU for a, a short period of time about a month or so and you know when she when she's hungry what do you hear You and i and like feed her she, I can't take it you know Feed that child. But you know what? That's how we, we have to be. We have to cry out. We have to desire. We have to hunger for the word of God. Our, our baby Maddie, she is not satisfied until she is fed. We have to live our life. We cannot be satisfied until we drink of the spiritual milk of the word of God on a daily, daily basis. Bases. And so that milk, the newborn milk that a mother receives uh, the, first, the first couple days of delivery is called colostrum. And colostrum is, um, they develop small amounts of this milk. And even though it's a small amount, it, it looks clear, kind of a goldish color, Um, But it is full of power and full of antibodies that protect against sickness, disease, and viruses. And that when that baby drinks of that milk, it goes in them and doctors say it's like giving them a, a vaccination shot. It's loaded with power. It's loaded with life. It also acts as... Um, a laxative where the baby um, you know poops out all that junk and gunk that was in them, helps get rid of all that junk okay and so I remember when Maddie was born, um, you know she was in the neck she couldn 't nurse because she was um, smaller, and, and so um, um, my wife was in the um, in the hospital room, and so she would pump, and that stuff would come out, and, and I would run down the, the NICU, and so since she couldn't nurse or, or suck, I would take a little Q-tip and put that in the little uh, Q-tip, and, and she would just suck on that, on that Q-tip, and so life was going into her, and these antibodies were, were going into her that was protecting her, so that's how the Word of God is. When we drink of the Word of God, there's antibodies in it that will protect you from sin, that will protect you from death, that will protect you from the attack of the enemy. The Word of God also acts as a laxative. It helps flush out all that junk in our lives. Some of us, sometimes we need a good spiritual flushing. Amen? We need to get rid of all the, the junk, the, the, the thought lies of of the past, and we need to get new thoughts, new things in our life. And it comes from longing after the spiritual, pure milk of the word of God. See, Paul talks about, and it's my favorite verse in, in Philippians chapter, chapter 3. He said, I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish for the sake of knowing Christ, the supreme worth or treasure. And when he talks about knowing there, he talks about knowing intimately and personably, and passionately, but we can't know Christ that way without knowing him through the word of God. If we are going to have a passionate relationship with Christ, we know him through the word of God. In verse 22 there, a little bit up, he says, and the word is the good news that was preached to you. The good news, the gospel, how God makes us right with him. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Um, 2 Corinthians 4.4 says that the gospel is the light of the glory of Christ. It is the gospel contains Christ's glory. It contains his beauty. It contains his majesty, his splendor. And if we are to see Christ's glory... If we are to see Christ's splendor and majesty, we see it in the gospel, in the word of God. That's why Paul prays that the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light, that we see Christ. It's about Christ. And when we see him, that light floods our hearts and changes us, gives us a new nature, a new DNA. So we want to live our lives with a passion pursuit of the word of God. Amen. We know God's goodness through the word of God. So he says again in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual melt that by it you may grow into salvation. So when we feed on the word of God, we start to grow. We start to develop who we are in Christ. We have a new genetic determinism. And we grow in that genetics through the word of God. If, verse 3, there's a condition. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. When we drink of the milk of the word of God, we are tasting of the goodness of God. We sing about the goodness of God. We want the goodness of God in our lives, but I think sometimes people think that they only experience God's goodness when they come to a the church or to a special meeting like awakening and they come up to the front and, and, and Isaiah or someone lays hands on them and they feel God's goodness. But we can experience God's goodness every day by tasting of the Word of God, by developing a longing for a Word of God. And it's just not just reading a a little devotional verse here and there, but it's diving in, being committed to the Word of God. And I found in my life um, that what has helped me put off the things of the flesh is is spending more time in God's word. Because God's word is like medicine. If you're sick or not feeling well, you take medicine. And depending on your condition, you may have to double up on the prescription. So in my case, there was things in my life that were not good that I had to get rid of, that I had to get flushed out. And I had to double up on the medicine. I had to to spend some serious time in the word of God to let it change me. To let what's on the inside of me, that new DNA, to come on the outside in the way I think, the way I talk, and how I treat other people. And you can do the same. Make God's word a priority in your life. Something about that colostrum, um, it's very valuable. That first melt that the mother produces, it's extremely about valuable. They say that 1 ounce of that stuff would cost would would sell for $80. $80 an ounce. So God's word has to be of supreme value in our lives. We have to treasure God's word. David said, and I'm just going to just read a few verses here. I want you to see David's view, how he viewed God's word. In Psalm 119, verses 14 through 16, it says, In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your words. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Psalm 119.20 says, My soul is consumed and longing for your rules or precepts. At all times, all the time, we are to be consumed with a passion for what for the Bible, a passion for God's Word. Psalm 119.72, The law of your mouth, the word of your mouth, is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. And then I just wanna read this verse from Isaiah 52 too. And, I, and I, I could ask the same question to you guys. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? List, God says, listen diligently to me. Listen to my word. Feed upon the bread that does not perish. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. He wants us to delight in rich food. And until you delight in rich food, you won't develop in what God has for your life. You will never reach the potential that God has placed on the inside of you until you make the word of God a priority in your life and put it into into practice. With every head bowed and and every eye closed. Dear Heavenly Father, I I thank you, Father God, for your word today. And I just spoke to, to, to these people just for a few moments about what you have done on the inside of us that you put us put a new DNA on the on the inside of us that you uh, caused us to to be born again. I thank you, Father God, that 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 you would develop a hunger in them for your word, for 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 the gospel, for light, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for that. You may be sitting here and 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 you may look at yourself and and, and think that, that your life is a wreck and, and look and looking at that the the past DNA so to speak of of anger and, and hatred and and wrong things and looking at your family history and, and and the pattern and the cycle of of doing wrong and you want to break that. You want a new DNA on the inside of you. You want to be you want that new birth experience, you want to feel uh, a sense of belonging to a new family with a new father and a new heritage I just want you to lift your hand right now that you want a change in your life that you want God to come on the inside of you and make you a new person and reveal himself to you and show you his beauty his majesty and his glory, you want to see him. Just lift your hands. If you would, just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your son Jesus. Thank you that he went to the cross for me. I ask that you forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died and rose again. I ask that you make me a new person on the inside. Change me. Thank you for the new qualities of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Refuge podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.